Dig it! Hello, hi, and welcome to episode 28. I believe it's 28. It's 28 of the Macho Movie Man podcast. Uh, joining me today, as has been the last three consecutive weeks, uh, Monsieur Dean Murphy Curran. I know you tried to say Monsieur there, Monsieur. but uh, <laughs> I sounded it? way different. Also, I, I heard that with. Um, Kind of stranger voice there, Jake, with that oh, intro. My Monsieur. God. No, I meant oh. you going, oh, yeah. It sounded like you were dying. It, it, it sounded a bit um, a Kool-Aid guy going through the walls. <laughs> going through the fucking wars, more like. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. More Harry so, Potter. <laughs> yes, yes. We're doing more Harry Potter. We're officially at the halfway point this week. Jesus Christ. Goblet of Fire. <laughs> And Holy it, shit. And it's still only 2005. It is only... We're in the heady years of 2005. When... Yeah, what, what were the things... When was Crazy Frog? Oh, stop. Oh, Jesus ba, 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 ba. Are you having I, a I stroke? Can't remember it. No. I was trying to do the Crazy, crazy Frog song. I know. But, um, don't. <laughs> but yes, we are transporting back to... The time of 2005. Yes. The year was innocent. The phones were Nokia blocks. Mm-hmm. And could smash Snake up. was the only game you could play. And and if you dropped a Nokia blocky from the top of the Eiffel State... The, the Empire State Building, the only thing that would be damaged would be the pavement. Or whoever it hit. <laughs> yes, that, that it's not if you drop a coin from the Empire no, State Building, Nokia... you split someone. You actually split someone in two if you drop a phone from Nokia in 2005. Do you see they're re-releasing that phone? Oh my god, nostalgia has come full circle. <laughs> Let's just end it now. Okay. Oh, it's, two th- <laughs> it's 2005 and Disney Channel stars don't know how to dress on red carpets. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty, quite accurate pretty. with that. <laughs> yes, and and we get the fourth Harry Potter film once again with a new director. Yes, fucking uh, Mike, Mike Newell. Newell. Yes, previously of Four Weddings and a Funeral fame, so he got his start in romantic comedies, and you can kind of see that here. Yeah, um, this is yeah. definitely feels like a coming of yes. age one. Once again, we have all the usual cast back. Your Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson's, Grins, Gambons, uh, Coltrane, Tell me, Smiths, who's the Rickmans. addition, though? The additions? <laughs> oh, we have, from Cockamillish fame, <laughs> Cockamillish fame, only, only the Irish audience members will understand that. Apologies to anyone outside of Ireland, but we will talk about Cock and Millish. <laughs> anyone who's done the junior suit. <laughs> oh, oh, and the leaving cert. <laughs> Would that come up as a leaving cert as well? It came up and my, it was, we studied that for my leaving cert. Fuck me. So we were, wa- <laughs> so we were watching that with, two, with far too matured minds. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, or, yes. or as he's also known, Donal R. Hardy to uh, <laughs> certain people in Galway. <laughs> Imagine Donal listens in. <laughs> I'd, he'll kill me and be like, what's that weird boy saying about me again? <laughs> he'll hunt you down. <laughs> offer, you, offer you pills. Oh, Jesus. He no, offered no. you pills the first day. Pills. Well, actually, we'll stop talking about Donal. I know he's retired, but still potential potential like cases <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we also have batman in this movie 
We do. We the, do. The, the most, um, well, the updated version. Yeah. <laughs> we have the soon-to-be Batman. The goth Batman. The My it's Chemical... goth Batman. It's goth Bruce Wayne. God, get your My, ke- my Chemical Batman, Robert Pattinson. He's going to make a great Batman. Shut he the fuck up. He is. He <laughs> is. He's come a long way from Twilight, and he's come a long, long way from Cedric Diggory. Yes. Yeah. My God. Although I prefer <laughs> Cedric Diggory to fucking Edward Cullen. There's a bit yes. more personality there. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, we have Doctor Who himself. David Tennant. Oh, actually, no, he was soon to be Doctor Who. He... Jeez, he was this before Doctor Who? Well, this was 2005, the first series of Doctor Who, which had Chris Freckleson as the Doctor, oh, yes, was sorry. this year. But they would have been, probably would have been, fil- they probably would have started filming some of tenant stuff for doctor who this year because he he took the role for the chris he started the role on the christmas special in 2005 and then 2006 was his first series you really are a nerd aren't you i am i am yes uh ishik once asked me to name off all episodes from the first four seasons of doctor who with with plot and all i successfully did it and i've never seen someone give me the doomy eyes more in my life (laughs) <laughs> that I don't want it, that why you you could have just left it like way back. I wanted to see your reaction. Okay. <laughs> it was disappointment and uh Francis Delator plays uh, Madame Maxine. Yes. Hagrid's Bay. Oh wow. Hagrid's um Hagrid's... even Hagrid's feeling the love in this film. Yes, Hag- <laughs> Hagrid is getting his beard scraggly. I don't know. That was that was going somewhere. I should no. not have said that. <laughs> I should not have said that. And obviously, Ray Fiennes is Voldemort. Spoilers! Yes. Spoilers for a 16-year-old movie. The only person to be considered for the role as well. Uh, Fiennes was the only one. Yeah. I, I, I saw somewhere that there were two other people considered. To one of which will blow your fucking mind. Are you serious? Because I, I swear to God, I literally, for, specifically for this, because I was like, no one can replace Ray Fiennes, right? Well, neither of these would have worked in hindsight. One of them sounded like a terrible idea, probably in 2005, and one of them would not have worked with um, the rule against casting Americans in uh, English roles for this series. But um, there was someone else. We will talk. I will say it. But first off, okay, we we meant okay. Let's get into post uh, pre production while <laughs> Jesus, we're going there. We can <laughs> make that mistake every fucking week. Uh, Quaron decided not to direct this one so that he could put more attention into working on post production for Prisoner of Azkaban, which is fair. But he um. He gave a helping hand in certain regards in the pre-production for this movie. Insofar as kind of uh, helping Mike Newell, kind of just showing him some ropes, just giving him some advice and whatnot. Uh, Newell himself came on. He had originally been considered to direct uh, uh, Philosopher's Stone. He oh. was. He was on that list wow. a couple of weeks ago. Jeez, you must have, you did definitely did say that, and I can't remember. Yeah, well, again, there was a lot of people, and also, you know, when you look at that list, a certain few names jump out at you, and Mike Newell yeah. is not <laughs> one of them. M Knight is one of the names that jumps <laughs> yeah, out. That that definitely jumps out. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Newell said he wanted to make this a Bollywood film, stylistically, obviously, because no one breaks out into musical numbers. And no one tries to stop a Lu- no one tries to stop the Lewis using their jacket. So tell me what 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 um constitutes a Bollywood film? Lots of color, lots of dancing, you know, a lot music, kind of more. I don't want to say panto sensibilities, but more broad over sensibilities. The top. Bit over the top, yeah. This movie has this movie has big tonal leaps and bounds every now and again. It goes from one thing straight to the other thing. Yeah, like I mean, the 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 biggest thing I notice is that everyone in this film is horny. Yes, <laughs> this is where people start to get hella horny. <laughs> Puberty hits hard. Yes, even Hagrid. My God. <laughs> oh, he. Yes, you you go you go Hagrid. You go you. He's had he's put up with a lot of shit in the few in the last few years. He deserves this. He was in Azkaban two years ago. Oh Jesus Christ. Um. But yeah, so basically, uh, so yeah, so that's what I wanted. Obviously, they weren't going to do a Bollywood film and a Harry Potter film, mm. but this has more Bollywood sensibilities to it. And I think it mostly works. This is, this one, I think this is the last film where you can really put the director's stamp on it, because no offense to David Yates, he takes over for the rest of the films after this film. Mm. I don't really guess... Like, what is, what is, da- who is David Yates as a filmmaker from watching the last few Harry Potter films? Because they're all kind of... Dark, gritty, just... Well, yeah, but they're all kind of the same in extent. Like, Chris, the Chris Columbus ones, you get, okay, this is family film, this is, you know... This is what you put on at Christmas, you know? Yes, <laughs> Christmas, Christmas viewing family film. Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, dark, weird fantasy with a lot of charm and character. An Alfonso Cuarón movie, this Mike Newell more of a romantic comedy type mm. Harry Potter film, that's Mike Newell's stamp. And David Yates is kind of just kind of what the studio want, where the studio wanted to go with this, and that's his stamp. I don't mean to mm. diss him as a filmmaker. That's just something I kind of uh, feel looking at looking at these films, kind of knowing okay, this is what the director did beforehand. This is what they did afterwards. Do you see any of, like, um, say, I suppose, like, styles from previous directors in any of the later films, in your opinion, do you, like, say, any little bits well, throughout? I, well, literally, there's no, I can't think of any other films David Yates has made other than Harry Potter No, films. I mean, in the later Harry Potter films. Like, would you, do you see any that he may be kind of... I, th- there's, there's certain elements, I think, definitely... Newell, when it comes to like the fifth and sixth film, when you know the hormones and stuff, that element of it, yeah, I would agree like with the that. The whole Ron, Hermione, Lavender love yeah. triangle that feels like something out of this film, but done kind of to ape that, but not exactly like it, yeah, yeah. To be fair, fucking Hermione goes through it in these films, Jesus oh, Christ. yeah, like she, th- this movie is not nice to her sometimes, oh, god, but um. Yeah, so, uh, and Newell decided not to split this into two films, as the studio was suggesting, because at this point, the books are starting to get much bigger. Just a small bit bigger. Just a 700-page just a bit bigger. <laughs> she Who Shall Not Be Named was getting notions at this point. She, she, she was getting, you know, the, the ego. <laughs> yes. 
the ego that would not leave. <laughs> it only grows stronger. The, the, the no, the no levo ego. Oh, Jesus Christ! And uh, yeah, so he decided we'll cut enough of the side stories and to get it down to a single film. Quran actually taught, said suggested cut down on the side stories because in the book there's a lot of side stories. Mm. Like there's a whole side story with Dobby in the book. There's a whole side story with. Hermione starting spew. Yeah, like I know, I know that the house elves are left out of this film, but yeah. they do get a cameo. They do. They like, do. Yeah. I suppose they were trying to have them in in some yeah. way, you know, but because they did take out uh, yeah. a lot from the book that was yeah well, a lot of it, small stuff that was mentioned. Yeah, like like this film showed you can tell this story without a good version of the story without those sub subplots so like in mm. hindsight now but i imagine at the time some people would have been furious oh yeah 100 percent. yeah but um yeah so two people who were considered for the role of mad eye oh ray winstone do, 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 exp- mm. he would have been uh he would have been oh, he's been in a bunch of things he's one of the he's that kind of real sort of cockney actor not not Vinnie jones or anything um Anything I, w- I would know he's been in. He was Indy's sidekick who turns on him in Christ- Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, I he know was, exactly who you're talking about. He was the main villain in Black Widow this year. That was him. That was That's him. the same person. Yeah, he was trying to do a Russian accent, but it failed very badly in Black Widow. Jesus Christ. And My God, it tastes better in Crystal Skull. Fuck me. I, and... um. <laughs> Billy Connolly was also uh, for Mad Eye, which would have been interesting. Yeah. I see him more as um fucking Dumbledore's brother type. Yeah, he could have. I don't know. I can't recall if he was in any of these, but he feels like he would have been more suited to a good guy role. You yeah. Know? Yeah, no, I, uh, Brendan Gleeson, like, it, was, it was the right choice. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um... It was Robert Pattinson's first ever film. Oh. Yeah, he had never been in a movie before. Can, you know, can he had, I, um... he had he had he had been to uh he had been to act he had been to school with Jack Whitehall at this point beforehand, <laughs> but um he had not it's been a hell in of a movie. Role to start, like... Yeah, like damn. And it's 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 like a main role as well. What the fuck? Well, I, yeah, well like you know one of the one of the main sort of supporting roles yeah. for this film at least. Also, can I just say something? I don't yeah. know if you know this, but you probably do know this, and you're going to be you're going to answer it straight away. Guess who auditioned for Cedric? Jack Whitehall. G- keep guessing. Oh. <laughs> Jack Whitehall. Um. This will blow your mind. Eddie Redmayne. No, I will. I will. Like... Go for it. Blow my mind. <laughs> Henry Cavill. Oh. <gasps> I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. Jesus. I mean, he... I I imagine he would have... Uh, yeah, he would have probably have been in a lot of casting decisions for other roles in this series. Like, anything young. Yeah. Like, you know, he could probably have been on the list for, you know, young Tom Riddle in Chamber. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. He's yeah. He's got that look like... I don't know what... Henry Cavill looked at at a young looked like at a young age, yeah. but I assume. I mean, it's I mean, he was him. he was in Stardust in two thousand seven. He was fuck. He was he was the other guy that um, Jesus. you know, that that Charlie Cox was a. Uh, 
competing with... Yes, Daredevil was competing with Superman over the love of some young one in Stardust. That was so, it's such an odd film, but it's so yeah. watchable. <laughs> that take that song. You can light up the sky. That would No, yeah. is it? Yes, that I got is, it right. I yes. got it right. Rule the world. <laughs> um, okay, you will never in a million years guess who was considered for Barty Crouch Jr. other than David Tennant. <laughs> Oh god! Okay, I'm just gonna say a mad one here. Uh, let me see. Okay, can you give me a hint, or would it give it away completely? Um, dark hair. Dark hair. Another dark hair. Okay. Uh, around this time. I I I've actually got nothing. David Williams. Okay. Yeah, I would never have guessed that. You're right. Yeah, never. <laughs> I did. I I didn't want to be like. I can't fully remember enough Little Britain quotes to, because uh, this would have been Little Britain era, Little Britain era. Yes, even it before, would. even before Come Fly with Me, before successful children's author, which is, which still baffles me to this day. I should go from Little Britain to this. <laughs> Computer says no. <laughs> Funny um, enough, he what he he did get a, a role in Doctor Who as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, also. Rumours swirled, so like there was rumours, the two people who were being considered for Voldemort. Okay, they're lies, no. <laughs> John Malkovich. Oh. <laughs> Are we just going for bald people? Well, and, it even bald, like. and Rowan Atkinson. Oh my god, imagine Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean. As Mr. Voldemort. Mr. Voldemort. Mr. Voldemort, yes. <laughs> Instead of a radical, that was just... Teddy! <laughs> see, oh my God. That is... That is oh. a drastic leap, but I would love oh. to see it. Uh, despite... So, what, so while Newell was... Uh, was turned down over Columbus for the first film, Columbus for the first film got paid 10 million... And got uh, a chunk of the gross. I heard this. And Mike Newell yeah. was paid one million for this film. Yeah, it's, that's that's yeah. a that's a dra- that's not the in fairness. Um, in the books, the Dursleys make an appearance. The Dursleys were cut out of this film because the people who played the Dursleys would try try to haggle for more money and were just cut out of the film. Jesus Christ! Yeah, there's there's a little there's a little there's a little bit of dark sided Warner Brothers uh, happening behind the scenes here. Oh god! I mean, it was bound to happen. It happens with every film. Yeah, every yeah. Franchise film. I mean, in fairness, it's it's not the worst allegations made against Warner Brothers in the last fucking tw- couple in the last forty eight hours. Forty eight hours. Yeah. What? Look up all the shit that's coming out about the Batwoman TV show from uh, Ruby Rose. Oh Jesus! It is woof. The shit is it's it's like everything Heather taught us in class was ignored. <laughs> oh dear God. Um, it features one of the largest underwater sets ever constructed with a 500,000 litre capacity. Mm-hmm. The record the record belongs to 1987's The Abyss with a 26,497,882 litre capacity. Christ. But that's James Cameron for you. Yeah. He loves his water. Did you do you know how they like um because obviously it wouldn't be very lit like lit very well but did you know they they like got a load of um um LED lights around mm. the outside of it yeah so that it would illuminate the whole thing inside interesting 
It was, yeah, they had like 500. The sequence was a grueling ordeal that gave Daniel Radcliffe two ear infections. To be fair, he did clock about 40 hours in the pool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he was worked. He he had some serious work done for him for this film. Uh, I heard at one point he was signaling that he was drowning. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Uh, Rosamund Pike turned down the role of Risa Skeeter. Rose, Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, but she later said, "Oh, I regret it." Yeah, the, I I mean yeah. you you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> A full scale dragon. Uh, with with fire breath was constructed out of the pieces of the basilisk from the f- second film. I, I did see this. Which is cool. It, it, um, it breathed fire as well. It, yeah. Roger Lloyd Pack plays uh, Barty Crouch Sr. And um, <laughs> and it's weird, he's murdered by David Tennant's character. He A year later, he would go on to play a villain in a Doctor Who episode, in a Doctor Who double parter, in which David Tennant played Doctor Who. <laughs> That is amazing. For it's any, just a never-ending for, loop. For any Doctor Who heads out there, that would have been um, the two-parter in episode in season two where they go to the parallel universe where the Cybermen are reintroduced for the first time in the revival. Jake, I, I, I know your Doctor's going to brush over the fact that Barty Crouch is, is, is Trigger. Like, you've just completely got over that. And I'm kind of offended by that. Barty Crouch is Trigger. Have you never watched Only Fools and Horses? Oh. Again. Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh my god, I thought that was going to be a bit... No, okay, never mind. Alright, mm. uh, you've disappointed me now. Imagine that. Mm. The film nerd disappointing someone. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Ray, Ray Fiennes spent two, only two days on set. I mean, he did have one... Scene. Yeah, although uh, <laughs> how much of that would have been getting him into makeup? Originally, he wasn't meant to be in as much makeup, but then they saw how he looked without as much makeup, and they thought we could add a little bit more. Yeah, like Which I mean, we the... yes, because the look is iconic. The no nose, but isn't that completely CGI though? I think that's a fair. I can't tell how much is makeup and how much is CG, but I think a lot of that. Well, like the nose makeup. area. The, the no, all the nose oh the they, nose probably would have been CGI yeah but yeah, yeah I think like what, what I from what I saw it was like the eyebrows were covered over yeah everything else was like a fucking porcelain yeah. he th- would he would have had to spend a lot of time in a chair I'm, I'm surprised by that because I, I I didn't think yeah. there would have been that much it was the last film to use Oxford as a filming location in the series oh. so um goodbye Oxford <laughs> Um, filming began in May of 2004, although the main cast didn't assemble until June 25th, 2004, mm. and it finally wrapped in March of 2005. Yes. So it would have been a fair amount, <coughs> so pretty much the autumn and the winter would have just been entirely filming this, which you can kind of te- kind of see because a lot of this film takes place in kind of autumny, wintry weather. Yeah. Like, it, it does a bit look a bit grey, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the extras and other actors had three weeks to practice the waltz for the Yule Ball. But Daniel Radcliffe was so had was so busy filming this, because he had been... He was still in the tank. <laughs> he was still in the tank. Basically, because Daniel Radcliffe had so many scenes to do in this movie, where it would have just been him or just someone else, 
but he would have always been in the scene. He only had four days to practice dancing to and get the how, dance right. How did they, you know, counteract that, Jake? They, they, just worked, they just worked around him by just shooting different <laughs> angles of him trying to dance. Never show the feet, God. Yeah, they never showed his feet. Um, Hermione's dress in the book was actually meant to be um, blue-ish, but... Um, they had to change it because blue was ended up being picked as the colour for just the aesthetic of the ball. So mm. you didn't want to have blue on blue. So it was changed to pink for her Cinder- for her Cinderella moment where everyone in the universe realised Emma Watson was hot for the first time. When it was us and we were young, it was okay. When it's some 40-year-old bloke in the cinema, it's not okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, so. it's funny because all I see when she's walking down the stairs and I was like, Tale as old as time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it was the first film in the series to be twelve A. So you know, you know, shit was about to get real when it goes to twelve A. It's about to go down. <laughs> yeah, this is one of my favorite things. Um, Mike Newell was uh concerned about the sort of authority figure role that he had. Yo, know, people were calling him Sir on set, and he didn't like that. So he staged a fight between him and one of the Weasley twins. Oh, Jesus Christ. An actual fight. But it got too intense and he ended up breaking a rib in it. <laughs> oh, no, he fractured a rib. That's so random. <laughs> one of the Phelps. Oh, uh, an exclusive first look for the film was shown on ABC during the premiere, the TV premiere of Chamber of Secrets on the 7th of May, 2005. Ooh. The first trailer dropped on the eighth of May on the eighth of May two thousand five. So the next day after the after it was shown on TV, smart, smart, uh, and the second trailer was on August twenty third because this was coming out in November. So, uh, the video game was released on November eighth. It was not the Quidditch game that I thought was released in two thousand five. <laughs> the Quidditch the Quidditch World Cup game was released in two thousand three. They had it. They had a Quidditch World Cup game. Oh my God! It was the best game ever. You could play as so many teams. You could play as obviously you could play as Huff, Gryffindor, Slytherin, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, but you could play as other countries. You could play as Ireland. <laughs> Were they ninety eight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Let's get into the step by step. Uh, all right. This is the first film in the series to have a non-Harry-centric opening. Yes. It opens with a, it opens at Voldemort's father's old gaff. Yeah. And the groundskeeper sees something going on inside. He goes in and it's Voldemort, Wormtail and Barty Crouch Jr. having, a, having an evil uh, meeting. Discussing evil things. <laughs> And uh, he he gets a vaticadavid basically, and it turns out oh it's one of Harry's dreams. He wakes up. He's at the burrows. Hermione's telling him and Ron to get the fuck up. So wait, can I ask again? I I, I can't even remember. Is this one of the first like visions Harry has of Voldemort? I think so. Yeah, because this like from this point on, obviously he gets it gets more violent and yes, this would have because again at this point this was when. People in the universe, in the world, started to see, okay, things are starting to happen again. Yeah. You know? So, they, like I said, this is where shit starts to get real. Uh, so, they wake, obviously, they wake up. 
Harry, Hermione, and the Weasleys, minus uh, Mrs. Weasley. This is the only film in the series where we don't get Mrs. Weasley. It's a tragedy. It is, it is. You know, she's off, she's off cursing out Bellatrix. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> oh, but um, they're travelling to the Quidditch World Cup via a port key. They meet, with, they meet um, Arthur's work friend, Amos Diggory. Yeah. And his son Cedric along the way, who just jumps out of a tree. Uh, hello, uh, sorry, I wasn't. I was um. Oh, I'm not a vampire. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> oh, but um. Okay, no, I can't do it. So um, yeah, so they get on a port key, which is basically a touch this and it'll spin you around and you'll end up in another place. Yeah. A teleport, basically. From one place, specific place to another. Um, first time used, isn't it? First time used. Mm-hmm. Uh, was lot, when, uh, it would be one of the things that they would actually end up using. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of stage direction happening behind the scenes, folks. You could have just said get the light. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to break the immersion. Uh, okay. The immer- immersion. Immersion. <laughs> immersion, not immersion. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> did you but it's broken now. <laughs> Harry, did you turn on the immersion fire? <laughs> you have to oh. turn it off too. <laughs> oh, but um, anyway, so yeah, and uh, they end up at the Quidditch World Cup, which is held on a moor in Dartmoor. I looked it up. In a where? Sorry. It was held in a on a moor in Dartmoor in England. Okay. So it was held in England. Um, and I did some research into this because, again, Ireland's greatest sporting achievement. Uh, we won this Quidditch World Cup in 1994, <laughs> as this is dated. It, going into the tournament, the champions were Canada, who had won it in 1990. Okay. Canada um, 90, you know. <laughs> yes, Canada, <laughs> Canada 90. Uh, the participants included, um... Argentina, oh, the uh, participants were Argentina, Australia, Bulgaria, who were runners-up, Brazil, England, France, Germany, India, Ireland, Japan, Luxembourg, Morocco, the Nordic team, which I just imagine is like none of the Nordic teams were uh, bothered enough to make their own, so they just like, let's work, t- let's, let's play Quidditch together. Yeah. Peru, who were a semi-finalist, who we beat. Uh, Portugal, Scotland, Spain, Transylvania, Uganda, United States, and Wales. There's some outliers there. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it turns out certain countries are really good at Quidditch that you would not expect to be really good at Quidditch. So, um, yes, so we beat Peru in the semi-finals to... uh, make it to a final against Bulgaria. And nice. um, Quidditch, Quidditch Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Victor Crumb. Yeah. <laughs> Who uh, Ron has more of a crush on than Hermione in, in this whole series right now. Oh, well, now at the start he does. At the end, he, he pretends not to at a certain point. I think he's more pissed off that Hermione gets to spend time with him. <laughs> oh, I think this is the film where he finally starts to get jealous about Hermione and shit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so basically they go to the final, they bump into, uh, Lucius and Draco, which, which in hindsight should have been a, should have been a red light. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Hey, Potter. You're up in the... Where in the minister's box? Where are you? The fucking nosebleeds. <laughs> but that's basically the situation. But to be fair, I I think that the, the, the area they had was pretty cool. Yeah. Because everything happens above ground I anyway. I know. So like, the like, higher up you are, you, you do not want to be front row at a Quidditch game. Yeah, no, you never see anything like... For like. fuck's sake, bleeding, breaking me neck. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like being the front row at the cinema, basically. <laughs> yeah. You're just looking up... <laughs> But again, Quidditch games go on for about the length of a fucking trilogy of movies. Yeah. But um, yeah, and uh, and then obviously in comes the uh cultural cultural stereotyping, the Irish with their massive leprechaun firework. Of course, yes. It's J.K. Rowling, everyone. <laughs> oh, it's she who shall not be named. She who shall not be named. Jake, you've said it. It only took like four films. Oh fuck. <laughs> Apologies to everyone. Uh, she who shall not be named, and their, and their outdated cultural appropriation. Well, not cultural appropriation. Stereotyping. Um, look, look, look at Seamus Finnegan, the Irishman who wants rum and likes to make things blow up. <laughs> yeah, not on the nose at all. <laughs> no, no. But um, yeah. So Ireland win, obviously. And uh, afterwards, the Weasleys, Harry and the Weasleys are in the tent. They're all having a good time. They hear they hear commotion outside. They think it's the Irish. God damn you, she'll, she shall not be named. But no, it's um, it's it's much worse. <laughs> like, so so like so like a modern day England international match. Hooliganism ruins everything. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Racially, ra- ra- racially insensitive hooliganism. For uh, fuck's sake. In, in come the Death Eaters. In, far, in imagery that is far too close to the clan to be comfortable. Yeah, I, I swear, is it rolling... Is, or, oh shit, I did it now. Is she is she racist? Like, is she I, I don't know, but this... but The Death Eaters are basically wearing clan outfits, but like goth clan. Yeah. Like, if the clan went through a goth phase and just wore black robes, this is basically what they'd wear. But, um, yeah, so they storm through, they cause chaos, they ruin everything, um, you know, they don't even get a one-match stadium ban afterwards. (laughs) Um, and basically Harry is knocked out in the melee and wakes up to see Bertie Crouch Jr. summoning the dark mark in the sky. Yes. Which, uh, which is cool. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a shame in real life racists can't do, can't do cool shit like that. Okay, Charles Manson, alright. <laughs> Charles Manson. I don't know. Bruiser, he wasn't racist, he was just psychotic. I mean, it comes head in hand sometimes, no. Yeah. It's just because um, you look like him, Jacob. Yeah, right? but, uh, <laughs> but then Harry can't give a good, deep, good description of him, because, uh, no one knows his name. He's the... I don't know. I was about to say a Doc, Doctor Who joke, but it literally fell out of my head halfway through. Hmm. But, uh... So, on the train, Harry is trying to... Harry's trying to hide the fact that his scar is hurting. Uh, he goes to get something from the trolley. He meets Cho Chang, and he is immediately simping. Yes. And we go the almost the whole film without realising she's Scottish. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. She had, they her in the book she wasn't Scottish, but the actress just had a Scottish accent, and then they were like, you know what? That's fucking amazing. Close <laughs> enough, you know. Also, is, also apparently Owen didn't even want to audition. She was going out on a shopping trip one day and was like, "All right, I'll go to the audition before the shopping trip." Jeez. Well. And then now she got to be in two films and no, no, no more. She gets to be weirdly written out after the fifth film. Is it bad that I kind of wanted her and Harry together? I, I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, like, I I feel like this, the films uh, make her more likeable than the books do because the reason she, her, she and Harry don't end up together in the books is for a way more understandable reason than, uh, you know... Than in Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, it was in Order of the Phoenix. But oh, no, but I mean the movies. Like, yeah, you know. no, it's more a case of um, you and Hermione. Yeah, I'm not cool with that. Okay, yeah, that's more understandable. Yeah, That's more understandable than I, I totally didn't snitch on your secret, on your secret classes, you know. But, um, and yeah. she didn't, to be fair. Uh, at, the, at the feast in the Great Hall, Dumbledore announces the Triwizard Tournament and we get, um, they re- uh, This is the point when they really start to make Filch just a comedy character. Oh, the run. Oh, <laughs> his my run. God. Run. His run. Maybe one of the top ten funniest things this series has ever given us. Besides the... <laughs> guy from the last mm. film is his uh, Filch's run where he's pegging it and also trying not to have a heart seizure. It looks... You know who it reminds me of? It's ridiculous. It's fucking Dennis. <laughs> Like, it is that run. <laughs> you can just hear spooky, scary skeleton. <laughs> You're just kind of... He's, he's, he's running like like how Mario used to run when he was like a bit thing in the games. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so he runs in, tells... Uh, tells blah, 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 blah. And um, basically just to be like, oh yeah, in come the new visitors. So he basically announces... Try was a tournament, three champions, one from each school, uh, take part in three challenges, eternal glory, a cash prize, basically. You know, here's the big, like, red mark that it should not probably have been done. First time in, like, how many years? Was it 200, 300? I know, I think that might have been, was that two, three or 200 where, like, Hogwarts held it? Cause I was it Hogwarts held it? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I thought it was the first time that it was being held in... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not sure how long it was until it was held again, considering how it went. Uh, yeah. And also, like, what is the insurance liability on these fucking Triwizard tournaments? Honestly, like, I swear to God, at least three of them should have died. Do they not <laughs> inform do they not inform the parents at any point about oh yeah your son is in this there's a permission slip is does he have permission? <laughs> does he have a coffin? <laughs> Are you okay with us throwing him in a pit with a dragon? <laughs> okay. So uh and so in come first off bow battens and uh, all the boys start getting weirdly horny about um their walk 
and they're not they they start looking at their arses despite the fact that they are not wearing anything that really accentuates their arse it's just a skirt I think it's just because they're females uh, yeah they're, they're, they're blonde French females that, yeah like they, they they've been in Hogwarts yeah. so long that they're like oh my god there's something else <laughs> and uh, then we get the second funniest thing Seamus Finnegan has ever said besides the my ma's of me massa. Me, me, me dad's muggle, ma's a witch. Yeah. Um, he basically, Madame Maxine is walking past and he goes, Blimey, that's a big woman. <laughs> yeah. Which, of all the Harry Potter lines to use as a pickup line, that is not the one. No, no. No. You don't go up to a woman in a nightclub when they reopen. Blimey, that's a big woman. And expect to get anywhere other than a sore face from a slap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. But, um, yeah, and then in comes a. Uh, but, and then comes Income Durmstrang mm. with A, how does Karkrov of all people end up in about 13 years from where we see him in the past to teaching at a school? Yeah, honestly, I'm like, Jesus, what did he do to get back into society? Yeah, <laughs> no. But, um, so yeah, so in he comes with a Durmstrang, very intense fucking Eastern European lads. All the lads who would be bouncers in about 10 years. This is another difference from the book, actually. Both schools are made out to be single yeah, sex schools. But even they're, they're not, not actually. We never see any Bo Batten's lads or Durmstrong women. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. God damn no, it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, and uh, basically, yeah, they're like, oh my god, that's Victor Crumb. Holy shit! It's the most famous person we've seen since Harry. Yeah. <laughs> it, yes. It's 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 Bulgarian Ronaldo. <laughs> oh. Um, and yeah. Although poorly received is the news that you have to be over seventeen to enter. Uh, while Hagrid takes a liking to Madame Maxine yeah. very quickly. One of my favourite lines in this whole film is just like, my horses have uh, have ridden a long way. They need to be fed. And he was like, don't worry, our gameskeeper, Rubius Hagrid, will uh, see to that. And she turns to him and was like, they drink only, they only, they drink only m- single scotch whiskey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what fucking horses are drinking whiskey? Oh, are they also from Ireland, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how it's just like, she says whiskey and he's simping. Yeah. Yeah. Hagrid, I mean, is a, Hagrid, yeah. Hagrid is a simple man. He hears whiskey and sees a good-looking tall woman. What? what, what yeah. Um, and so. So and, tell me, sorry. And then, and then the ceiling just randomly starts to break. Jesus. Y- yes. Oh, what, what were we gonna say? Um, I I was actually just gonna ask. Are is Harry Hermione and Ron supposed to be fourteen or fifteen in this? Fourteen. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They look a little they look a little bit more than fourteen. They look more fifteen, sixteen, but I was just gonna mention that Hermione and Crumb happened. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is odd. That is a li- like they don't really they don't really men- they don't really sort of uh make any kind of notion about that. Now I'm starting to think, yeah, Ron was right to be a little off about him. Mm. Especially that whole line Victor's more of a physical being. <laughs> that is... Poof. Jesus. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Moving on. So yeah, so the ceiling breaks mm-hmm. and in comes Mad-Eye Moody. 
one oh, of yes. the best characters in this whole film. Yeah, I I think Brendan Gleeson like probably going to be underrated in these films anyway, but like yeah, seriously underrated yeah, in this one, you know. Since mm. he is um, well, this is his well, this is the film where he gets the most to do. Yeah, and he fucking does it well. Yeah. So yeah, so he fixes the ceiling, and it's just like bloody ceiling <laughs> and they're just like jesus he's he's half mad these days so i gave it away <laughs> and it was like so dumbledore asked the psychotic ex or to uh be a defense against the dark arts teacher before snape which is always strange to me <laughs> <laughs> i swear to god he's just trying to piss off snape at this stage oh but um yeah, so we get Mad Eye's first class, which I love this scene. I love it. It's very, you know, it's like, oh, here I am. This is what I do. And, you know, you need to be prepared. You need to know what you're up against. You need to find a better place to hide your gum under, under behind your desk, Mister Finnegan. The old cod, the old cod you can see behind him. You can also hear it too. Just fucking mill <laughs> yeah. something at him. This is this is a slightly over the top version of being in class with Donald in first year. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh. oh my god, yeah. So he starts... So we are introduced to the three unforgivable curses. Yes. He then tortures Neville. Un- well, he triggers Neville's PTSD, which is the more accurate way to put it. The amount of weight this scene's hold once you rewatch the film and realise yeah. what's going on. Jesus, this is... this is. I I will say this. This is the film where Neville's glow-up starts. Yeah, I will I, say I think so. It was that moment Neville decided I'm gonna get ripped and fucking kick the shit out yeah. of everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring me Bellatrix. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah. So he gives Neville a herbology book afterwards and has tea with him to say sorry. Uh, but um, we see Fred and George fail to get around the age bar. So uh, just a nice little scene of the twins just fighting. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, on the night where the names are read out, the three names come out of the Goblet of Fire. We Victor are. Crumb, Flora Delacour, Cedric and Cedric Diggory. Diggory. And they're like, okay, that's it. But Here are your champions. ba 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 swerve <laughs> In come, in, out comes Harry's name. And we get that very awkward, you know, yeah, he cheated. Oh. But um, I've never seen a more disgusted face than um, fucking Dumbledore when he reads out <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> At that point, you're just like, Harry, did you put your name? And I was like, do you've seen this kid for three years. When does he ask for trouble? It just yeah. comes to him. He doesn't mean it. Did you put your name in the goblet? <laughs> and then in the next scene, we get, Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? <laughs> the scene that launched a thousand memes. God, it's oh. too perfect. Like no, I'm so glad is, he did what he did. Yeah, like in the book, it's Harry. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire in the film? Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? But you realize that he fucking charges at him as well. Like it's <laughs> that not is like... a terrifying sight. <laughs> an an old Dumbledore, <laughs> for a man who is probably like what three hundred years old in this movie, when he fucking comes at you, yeah, he oh, is stop. scary. Okay, I have two facts to spit right now. Right? Yeah. And um, one of them may break your the the this like fucking magic spit spit him yeah you know Dumbledore's library yeah um and like all the books all, all yeah the books. I know you, where you go you with know this, this one yeah they they're just phone directories yeah that is tragic isn't it 
But the next one I have, oh. you can actually see on on one of their shelves, there's a little monument with a triangle, a line, and a circle. And it's the first, it, uh, like, it, a fucking site of the Deathly Hallows. Oh, and it's in this film. Oh, nice, nice. Because he does have one. Yeah. Yeah, he's armed with one. But, um, yeah, so Harry, so... Yeah, so obviously, despite protests and questions from the teachers, uh, it's final, he's in the tournament, so they now have four. How do you think the other houses felt? How do you think Hufflepuff felt? It's like, oh my god, it's our guy. For once, it's not a Gryffindor. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Um, Ravenclaw and Sidon were like, of course it's a fucking Gryffindor. The minute they were like, oh, there's one champion representing Hogwarts. How many... The ha-? Do you think the other three houses had turned to themselves and was like... Bet you a fucking anything it's going to be a Gryffindor. <laughs> Ravenclaw's just like, I hate it here. <laughs> How the fuck is wrong, fellas? <laughs> we get nothing. At least Slytherin get to be evil and dodgy and dickheads, you know? <laughs> we don't do anything. Hufflepuff gets one guy. We got to wait another movie for our manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> I can see them too. <laughs> oh, all, all, all we get is a two-movie love interest and a weirdo. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, so, and obviously this leads to a falling out between him and Ron because Ron is at that point where he's a little bit tired of being just Harry's mate. Yeah. Who's always, you know, being dragged along considering, you know, in the first film he got knocked off a chess piece for Harry. In the second film he had to deal with it, lost his mind. uh, Oh, the... Kenneth Branagh's character has completely slipped my mind. Um, Lockhart. He had to deal with Lockhart without a brain in the third, <laughs> in the second film. In the last film, he got he almost got his leg bitten off by Harry's godfather. <laughs> so yeah. I think four after four years, you do kind of start to be annoyed. Like, um, hang on a minute. When's it gonna be my moment? Yeah, I think like as well. At this point, Ron thinks that Harry. Put his name in the goblet yeah. of fire. So, like, he's even more pissed off by that. But, but then I think at a point he kind of realises, you know, Harry actually doesn't do these things himself. They just happen to yeah. him. His life's a bit fucked. Yeah. No, it's it's teen drama at its finest. And yeah. It's amazing. But, um, so Harry's a talk with Sirius, who tells him the forces of Voldemort are starting to amass again. I'm sorry, can we just appreciate that effect? Yeah, that is really cool. That like, it's really cool. Amazing. <laughs> That is that is serious. That, that's serious. Yeah, that's, cool. that's a serious. Really cool. Yes. Uh, and yeah, and it's just a really nice, uh, really nice way of getting some exposition out. Um, meanwhile, the teachers discuss what to do about the situation. You know, it's like he's not a student. He's not a piece of meat. He's a student. <laughs> My mechanical voice needs work. Um, no comment. Uh, Rita Skeeter interviews the champions and she pushes a collection of lies about Harry that he's 12 that he's blind that he's like um blindly in love with fucking Hermione no that's later on he was like my, my eyes are not glowing with the ghosts of my past no. <laughs> uh, so yeah so she she's a shit stirrer you know she would she's 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 our first inst- instance of clickbait mm-hmm. in in our lives her oh, first yeah. clickbait ever we see in a movie she is... She was Rita... the spawn of the yes. internet. <laughs> no. Yes, she she was the first Facebook. <laughs> Look at me, she I was... am Facebook. <laughs> oh. 
But um, so um, Harry is then told by Hermione this really complicated and obnoxious chain of Pavarotti told Dean to tell Seamus to tell me to tell you that Hagrid was looking for him. You know, mm. if anyone who can who can accurately um say the ch- full chain, uh. Yeah. You'll get a Toblerone. That is a that is a Schmodown five pointer in an inner geekdom match if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Name the exact chain of people who told who told who to tell Hermione to tell Harry that Hagrid was looking for him. Oh but um so yeah, so he finds her and then obviously he was like, Well you can tell Ron and Hermione just snaps back, I'm not now <laughs> So so yeah, Hermione really does get a rough go in this room. She's she's the middle person in a fight for the first half of the movie. And we won't even go into the second half yet. And then in the Jesus second Christ. one she gets um Oh, she she gets a little bit of, she she gets some unwanted attention from an elder gentleman. <laughs> oh. oh dear god. Um uh so yeah, and uh and this is all to cover up Ron's part because Ron doesn't want Harry knowing that he actually does try want to help him by you know telling him what the first challenge is, but they're having a fight so he can't. <laughs> That's um, the bro code. <laughs> Hagrid chose both Harry and Maxine the first challenge, so Harry third wheels on Hagrid's date, yes. which is hilarious. It's like bring your kid to fucking work, yes. isn't it? And we get we get a little bit of Hagrid's backstory in this, and it's really sad. Hagrid's mother abandoned him, yeah. and then his dad died just before he started school. So both so Hagrid didn't have parents when he got framed for the Chamber of Secrets. Hagrid's just had a tragic life. <laughs> How he has been this happy, you know, I'm groundskeeper. I love animals. He got his brother. is. He does have his brother. Oh, I love his brother. Um, his brother, the giant. Yeah. And he's a half giant. Um, so, uh, and obviously this challenge is dragons. Yes. And Harry gets annoyed because Hagrid was like, did Ron not tell you? It was like, because again, his brother Charlie. Mm-hmm. Ron talks about his brother Charlie like a, like one of those girlfriends you get in the Gwail talk that yeah. isn't real. Oh yeah, like fucking... My brother said you never. Also, we ne- we do never see Charlie in these films. So yeah, he is imaginary. He's the he's the fucking he's definitely um oh god, the epitome of friend friend. <laughs> oh, so that Harry's annoyed. We start seeing Potter stinks badges around the place. And I call bullshit on this. Who made these Potter stinks badges? How many times did he save your fucking school? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, like, sa- he saved your school from a giant muggle-killing snake two years ago. And you turn your ago. back on him now? You turn your back on him because... Willem he- Dafoe was right. In the end, they will turn on you. Yes. <laughs> you, you either live long and you either die a hero or, or you go to school long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, turn, I'm pretty sure, you know, so it's like, it's quite ungrateful. Also, he did, he did get rid of Voldemort for all of y'all the yeah. first time. So, yeah, yeah ungrateful, pricks, you know? ungrateful. Uh, him and Ron have an argument, you know, you're all right, get, stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> and, shit. and then he, and then he levels into Draco in a way we have not seen in the 
three in the next three in the previous three films. Mm. So you know he's this is where this is when you know like you know. yeah this is where him and Draco's relationship starts to turn a little bit. This is the beginning of the dark times for Draco as a character. The next two for these this film and the next film he gets very underutilized. Draco's ego just starts to deplete. <laughs> yeah, his ego, and then by the sixth film, it's more just like. Oh, now he's just a little sad. <laughs> this is where the sad Draco starts, because, you know, he's he just gets called pathetic, and then he tries to uh, sneak sucker, sucker curse mm. behind Harry behind his back. So in comes Mad-Eye, who just turns him into a ferret. <laughs> and I, I, I puts, love this puts, fucking line. Puts, oh puts, puts him down Crab's jocks. <laughs> which you know it's like that's a horrible place to be no oh god yeah so so that's this is that's technically his first sexual experience oh, oh jesus jake jake why go there i had to make it weird anyway uh oh, this line yes mcgonagall comes up and is like dear god mooney what are you doing it's not a student technically it's a ferret <laughs> <laughs> just, but he goes teaching <laughs> and that's it and it made me laugh every time i was like why teaching Oh, is that a student? Technically, it's a ferret. Yeah. <laughs> I did also love the lines like, I could tell you some horror stories about your father with curly veneer, greasy hair. <laughs> oh, we never use transfiguration as a punishment. And this is how Slytherin happens. Yeah. Oh, but, um, yeah. And so this, uh, this leads into uh, Harry having a one-on-one with uh, Mad-Eye who tells him to play to his strengths in... Uh, Strengths in the first challenge, I was like, Crumb, Crumb may have a brain made of the sawdust, but he's strong, mm. you know. Um, Diggory could turn a pumpkin into a pocket watch, and um, you know, one flew as much a fairy princess as I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, slow level burns, but nice. Yeah, he's fucking um, he's good. He's and quick. he just tells him, yeah, you can use a broom, you can use a wand. You're not allowed a broom, but you can use your wand, so technically are mm. you know? yes uh cut to the day of the first challenge hermione wishes harry luck and they get caught hugging and obviously this is going to be turned into uh some fake news sexual bullshit. deviant harry potter no <laughs> uh, local slut hermione which is ba- oh which is basically how she gets portrayed by rita skeeter yeah. with minus the whole thing in the book where she basically uh, tells Rita to fuck off by uh, <laughs> trying to expose her for uh, her journalistic way around getting stories and whatnot. Who's more evil, Rita or Umbridge? <laughs> Still Umbridge. Always Umbridge. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and so basically we get uh, the, the most extra way of uh, pick... Like you could, Picking could your dragon. Been, yeah, could it just been like, okay, pick a colour. But or no. just like, oh, one is red, one is yellow, one is red, uh, fucking black or grey, mm. the other one's blue. It's like, you know, you could have just ha- given them, oh, we just slap a colour on them and just give it to them. It's like, no, you got to pick out a mini dragon. Yeah. You you have to take out the pop pop vinyl, uh, the Funko <laughs> Pop of your actual dragon and then fight the real one out there. So it's like, oh, the Hungarian horntail, Harry. You're fucked. <laughs> so basically, Harry uh, Harry completes the challenge. He fights the dragon. They fly through Hogwarts, and it's a very cool sequence. Still holds up CGI-wise. 
and it kind of gives you some weight to the dragon because he he can't fly too long like hover yeah and and obviously if he crashes into a building the building does get smashed so it's like this is a heavy dragon yeah this is a big boy yeah there's a big boy dragon big (laughs) big boy and harry manages to get the egg Yes. And at the after party, um, he tries to open the egg and basically <laughs> bleed in hell. Oh, sweet screams of the innocent. She's a screamer. Oh, fuck's sake. You, you oh. uh, and, um, <laughs> malfunctioned. Ba- and basically, um, Ron walks in and I do love what the twins line was where it's like, all right. Uh, all right, show's over, folks. This is gonna be awkward enough without you, eat, without you, pl- uh, with <laughs> you fools walking, hanging around. <laughs> oh, and obviously they make up in a very, you know, no one apologizes, but Ron kind of is like, "Well, I told Pavarotti to tell Dean to tell Seamus to tell you to tell Hermione to tell you." And I was like, "How can anyone understand that?" Yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> Hermione's just like. Feckin' man. <laughs> the stupid bastard. No. Boys. Uh, but yeah, so everyone's uh, everyone's kissed and made up. And uh, in the next couple of days, Ron gets some hideous looking family robes. Oh, yes. Oh, though, the, the, them be, we, them be <clears throat> awful looking brown robes. I mean, <clears throat> but they're traditional Weasley get-ups. You know? And this is why the Weasleys have the reputation they have. <laughs> uh, uh, which is just in time for them to be informed that the Yule Ball is happening. We get a scene where McGonagall tells them the Yule Ball is the dance. And all the girls are like, <gasps> and all the lads are like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and uh, we, get a hilar- we get the hilarious scene where Ron has to dance with McGonagall. Where it's just like, Weasley? Put your hands on my hips. <laughs> Where? And uh, Harry just turns to the twins like, you're never going to let them forget about this. Not a chance. <laughs> the only thing that's funnier than that is, she, uh, McGonagall is the head of Gryffindor House. So that means the head of the house have to tell the students about the Yule Ball. Snape has to tell the Slytherins about the Yule Ball. That is... That, I, I, have, I, have, I have never wanted a deleted scene more in my life than that scene, but it's, Sli- but it's Snape and the Slytherin students. Malfoy, and put your hand around my waist. <laughs> Turn your hand to my waist. <laughs> one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Uh... And then obviously she starts to get all the students out to practice. Neville straight in there. Yeah. And that Short is when that Neville. this is where I say Neville's glow up begins, because as a fourteen year old boy, he he went he dived headfirst into learning how to dance with women. Neville take your dragon. Take your dragons. Take your mermaids. Take your mazes and your Voldemorts <laughs> and your snakes and your Dementors. Shove them up your ass. There is nothing scarier when you're fourteen than dancing <laughs> with a girl, and he went for it. My God, he is the bravest <laughs> motherfucker in Hogwarts. And you know what? Who scored with Ginny first? Neville. <laughs> who, sc- who scored with Harry's wife first? Neville. The hero got them deserved, but not the one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. 
So, and then we get we get the great sequence where um Harry and Ron are just trying to get a date. And it's just like, Harry, you fought a dragon. Well, compared to this, I'd rather the dragon. <laughs> it's just like, how do you even approach them? How do you say it? They all travel in packs. Uh, so they have... They don't have great luck. We have the scene in the study hall where they're all talking and Snape is just going around whacking them in the back of the head. Snape in, Snape in these next couple of movies just has some amazing scenes where he's just extra. And you love it. You love yeah, to see like, it. Like, it's not huge. Like, in the next film, he gets a little bit to do here and there, but for a big chunk of that film, he's just kind of deadpan against uh, Umbridge. But, um... Yeah, so basically, this film, his main contribution is sort of whacking them in the head. Mm. But <laughs> and, I mean, uh, it was a beautiful little schmack. It was. Repeated multiple little schmacks. Just kind of like, <laughs> you can't see what I just did there. Trust me, it was not as sexual as it sounded. Oh, it, it looked as he was basically trying to suck his own dick. You shut up. <laughs> anyway, so, and then in this scene, obviously, um, uh, obviously... One of the twins gets a date with mm-hmm. uh, Angelina. I know in the aftermath of the whole series, it's written that, you know, she ends up marrying George. Okay. Oh, it's the, the one who didn't, the, the one who's still around. <laughs> the one who's not this. dead, basically. Yes, the one <laughs> who's not dead. No. Although I think that's the different one to who went, went with her here. So it's like, oh, you married your... Your dead ex's brother. It's a little dark, mate. But, um... Anyway, so obviously he gets a date. And then Ron's like... Hermione, you're a girl. Which is how... All great, please go out with me starts. Never. Yeah, Great, great deduction, Ron. So basically he asks Hermione as a last resort. And he just becomes convinced she doesn't have a date. Yeah, like... I... Ron gets this, some Ron gets some dickhead moments in these next couple films. To be fair, it's great though because it, it's exactly how it would go, isn't it? Like yeah. if this was if this was a fucking going to a disco and you you tried to ask this your your best friend who you actually like but can't say you like, yeah, you're not going to fucking actually say it, are you? No, no. <laughs> but um, so Harry. Harry gets turned down by Cho, although very nicely she's going with Cedric, as we later find out. Mm. And then this is one of my favourite funny moments with Ron ever. The aftermath of him asking Flora out and he comes in like he's just been like hit with a dementor. Yeah. <laughs> he's just shivering and like, you know, they're, they're almost needing to give him resuscitation like he's been traumatised <laughs> and they're just kind of like he tried to ask Fleur out he was like what did she say well no of course but uh, and he was just kind of like she was just walking there and you know I love it when they walk <laughs> I love you know I love it when they walk <laughs> to be fair it seemed all the lads loved it when they, when they walked <laughs> yeah yeah but it's just it's hilarious where it's like don't you just love it when women walk <laughs> Oh. I'm so bad, Jesus Christ! Oh God, this is very, very weird. Ho- very weird hormones going on in this. Like I'm, I don't know if they understand how to be horny at this point. <laughs> they're guessing, Jake. They're fourteen. <laughs> they are guessing. <laughs> but um, I was just like, so he said it to. Her. 
but it more like it was more like he yelled it at her. <laughs> go with me. <laughs> Will you go to the ball with me? Will you put your name in the goblet of fire? <laughs> no, but I no, but I will boink your brother in a few years. Oh. <laughs> that is that's his future sister-in-law. <laughs> and on that note, oh. we drink. Uh, yes, on that note, we drink. But um. Yeah, so eventually they find the Patel twins to go with them. And um, obviously Ron goes in his awful robes and Harry goes in his kind of, you know, kind of vampire-looking uh, robes. It's a yeah. little bit vampire-y. Where does he get the them? Hair. Like, where does he get these clothes? I he doesn't don't have parents. know. So, I know that sounds horrible, but come on. He's he's loaded, remember? He doesn't like to... Sp- he only splashes the cash when he needs it, you know? He does have a sugar... He, especially he does have a sugar daddy in serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough, but... To be fair, the man couldn't get a fucking permission slip to go to fucking Hogsmeade. Like, how is he supposed to actually, you know... Well, that was before Sirius could have just sent him, you know, in the mail. Oh, here's, a, here's, here's like, the suit I wore to your parents' wedding. I don't know. Oh. It's bullshit, I tell you. It's bullshit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so they go, and Harry's distracted by how good Cho looks. He turns around, and we get the moment that made a thousand puberties. Yeah. Emma yeah. Watson walking down the stairs. Beauty and the, the beast. beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beauty and the weasley. To be fair, the person she was going to the ball with is basically He a beast. was a beast. <laughs> he's, a, he's a beast in the war kind. Oh, that sounded way too sexual, Jake. I am so, I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry, folks. Um... But yes, then yes, he, the ball she goes. She, yes, she goes. This fourteen-year-old girl goes to a dance with a seventeen-year-old lad. Yeah, um, nothing weird about that. Nothing at all. Typical liar. Typical. What fucking secondary schools were you going to? Uh, believe it or not, it happened. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought the worst we ever had was a pregnancy. Uh, uh, so um. Yeah, and obviously the dance goes so-so, you know, um, the four champions dance first and then everyone gets involved. Um, it turns into a, to like a full-on rock concert at one point. Yeah. Like, yeah, it seemed like really good vibes, weird. you know? It's so weird because like, it's this traditional kind of ball and then they get like, oh, we have a rock band playing. Well, to be fair, it's a, it's basically a teenage disco. They're trying yeah. to hide it as a ball. It's, it's the fanciest teenage disco. And then, obviously, you know, Hagrid and Maxine mm. get a dance. Because, you know, go on, Hagrid. You never see Hagrid so happy. My God. No. And um, we, get Phil, we get Filch and the cat. <laughs> and then, you love that And cat. then Snape is just sitting in the corner. He's gawking, Jake. He's gawking. Snape's just sitting in the corner looking kind of miserable and also kind of confused. Which, when you're looking at it in first, like, <laughs> Snape, and then you're kind of like, oh no, now I, I, you kind of know what he's thinking about when he's seeing all these happy couples. And you're just like, always. Oh, <laughs> no. He wishes he was porking Harry's ma. <laughs> doesn't help that Harry's always around. <laughs> so he's and like, he has his mother's eyes. <laughs> Even though he just doesn't. Alle- allegedly. Um, um, but obviously, Harry and Ron don't dance because they're lads. 
and and Harry is kind of too scared and Harry can't dance because Daniel Radcliffe couldn't fucking dance yeah. and uh, Ron is just being a sour fucking yeah. being a uh, what's them uh, sour face sour puss sour puss yeah is that yeah. what you're trying to say <laughs> a sour cunt <laughs> this is all because he didn't ask Hermione soon yeah Tell yeah um, and so he has an argument with Hermione oh you're you're going with the enemy because yeah. yes. you, fucking... you can't say because he couldn't say what that term actually is meant to be yeah but um yes a fraternizing with the enemy but um so obviously that ruins everything Hermione has a cry um tells him to go to go to bed which is just like that's a really weird uh dynamic of like she's your same age as ye one you, one of you is likes her but she's also technically your mother with how she acts are you gonna say no to hermione i mean no fucking terrifying <laughs> one like um a couple of days later cedric repays the favor to harry by telling him to telling him how to decipher the egg by putting it in the water at the prefect's bathroom on the third on the fourth floor so the fourth um, or the fifth floor, but um, and then we get the weirdest case of horniness in this movie, yes. Myrtle, the ghost of a thirty-year-old, Myr- <laughs> the ghost of a teenager played by a woman in her thirties. Um, Who at this point is probably thirty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is- oh no, she was at school with Hagrid. She's in her fifties. She is she is older than Mrs. Weasley. Still into Harry though. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is still trying to see that fourteen-year-old boy's junk. The bubbles are fading. <laughs> the, what, just what the fuck, Myrtle? You knew him when he you were taught. You were, you know, he was twelve two movies ago <laughs> when you were taught when you were hanging out with him in the toilets. Dear oh. God, that is a horrifying thought. There is no way. Yeah, there was, I, I was halfway through thinking there's no way to make this not sound creepy. But, um, this is bad. This is really bad. Yeah. But like, anyways, he... but I feel like also, um, she hill should not be named. I feel like this was their writing. Oh, probably. Yeah. If there's anything weird or kind of fucked up when you think about it in hindsight, let's just blame she who shall not be named. <laughs> it's the go-to. Yes. Uh. But yeah, he he realizes he has to listen to it underwater. Yes, and it eventually tells him it's mermaids of the second task. Yeah. So the trio try to help Harry, but they get asked away by McGonagall, and they just don't come back. You know, mm. the ultimate case of, I'm going to gala, and they don't come back for the rest of the night. God, chicken roll, chicken roll. Pepperoni jam bombs. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Uh, but he does find help from Neville, who, while reading the herbology book that um, Mad I got him, tells him, why don't you try gillyweed? Mm. Which which sounds like something that gets passed around at a teen disco. Fucking gillyweed. Yeah, do you want some gillyweed, mate? I've only realised now that it's just... it's it's It says gills in it, doesn't it? Gilly? Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's literally it's just like, we need to find a herb that gives you gills. Um, gillyweed? Damn you, she shall not be named... <laughs> Oh, the the transformation is cool. To be fair. Oh, it really is. Uh, we get the challenge, and turns out, um, what from the bottom of the lake they have to rescue a loved one or a friend. So that I feel that is why they held the Yule Ball basically 
Oh, who are you going with? Okay, you're going to have to rescue them from the bottom of a lake. Mm -hmm. That's why they were the first ones out. It was like, okay, your date will be the person that you uh, end up having to save. But he spends more of the night with Ron, so that's how Ron gets <laughs> thrown down there. That feels like a fucking squid game task right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that feels like... It. That's such a horrible kind of trick in a way, because it's just like... These the four, the students who end up putting their name in, they sign up for this shit. Mm. You know, the, the friends and loved ones don't. It's just like, wait a minute, so I'm okay with you throwing my sister in a lake. They just get they push they get thrown into it, you know? The child endangerment in this movie is off the charts. Oh stop, it's amazing. Oh. I mean what? <laughs> yeah, like, you know and uh, is someone not gonna get sued? Is a parent not gonna find out like Hang on a minute, you did what to my kid? <laughs> she almost fucking drowned, excuse me. <laughs> Not yes. my son, you bitch. We get the fucking... I, I'm sorry, the, 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 this jump scare that came up, it fucking shattered me. Oh, the terrifying. With, like, with, the, oh. with the mer person. <laughs> it's hard to even call them mermaids, they kind of look too weird. Oh, stop. But, um... Yeah, so, in the end, uh... Harry comes second, despite the fact that he comes, he's the last one to the surface because Fleur had to pull out. So he saves not only Ron, uh, he tries to save Hermione, but she's Victor's, uh, yeah, Victor's and Cho Shark is... Boy. <laughs> Shark Boy. <gasps> I think this came out the same year as Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Who ripped off who? <laughs> Ooh. Uh. Anyway. Um. So anyway. Basically, and then obviously Cho is Cedric's to save. Cedric comes first. Harry ends up coming second because, again, while he was the last one to the surface, he not only saves Ron, he goes back and saves Fleur's sister, sister because yeah. Fleur can't because she has to pull out. Yeah. Uh, and so Ron does get... Bravery a, points. Yeah, bravery points. And also Ron does get a kiss off of his sister-in-law, future sister-in-law. <laughs> nice. It's always what you yeah. want. <laughs> Just can go to, hey, Bill, yeah, your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you, no. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I can't say fuck you to Charlie because he doesn't exist. I swear, he's researching dragons. <laughs> he's in Romania. <laughs> oh, but anyway. So, yeah, so bravery points. Uh, afterwards, Bertie Crouch congratulates Harry, but uh, Bad Eye scares him off. Yeah. And he is later found dead in the forest. Yeah, we we like once you realize what what actually happened there. The the look of Barty, he actually knew, like yeah, the it's it, it's crazy. Like it's like, oh shit, that that's I I don't care for spoilers because we've everyone seen it. It's like yeah. that's my son. That's God. my boy. <laughs> okay, now that's just mean. All right. <laughs> oh yes, but uh, trigger dies. So yeah, so he <laughs> trigger dies. Um, Lumac. Lumic dies. That's the name he had in Doctor Who. For fuck's sake. Bartimus is my favourite though. <laughs> Bartimus Crouch. That's his full name. Oh he said he does he sounds like um someone who would play in like a conference league football team. Barty Crouch with the Barty Crouch on the ball. Barty Crouch scars. <laughs> the seven foot younger brother of Peter Crouch. Jeff, Jeff Stelling and Gillette Sockers out are going nuts because it's Hartley Pool. <laughs> <laughs> never thought I, we never thought we'd get a Jeff Ster, Jeff Stelling reference in here, but uh, you so get all we go. Yeah, uh, once again, losing anyone who's not Irish or English. 
<laughs> all a football fan. Listen, inside jokes are the best. Yes. So yeah. So basically, um, he go Harry goes to Dumbledore's office where he finds the pensieve for the first time in the series. Mm. Um. So and it transports him back to an a an inquiry in the post Voldemort years where Karkroff is giving evidence. Which again, how the fuck does Karkroff go from there to a teaching position in essentially just fourteen years? Thirteen actually, because Harry was one. Stranger things have happened. I mean, Question mark. True, true, you know. But um yeah, Mel Gibson can say to come back in half that time, but um, anyway. So at first, they're not they're not buying that he has any information because he's fucking. He's, he's given he's given out names. One name is already dead, and we find out that's the person who actually took Mad Eye's eye. Mm. He was he's like, oh he yeah, and he took it. It was like oh yo um, so and so is dead, and it's like yeah, he took part of me with him. <laughs> but um, then we get we get three. Really interesting tidbits here. A, we find off we obviously we find out Karkrov was a Death Eater. Yeah. We find out that Snape used to be a Death Eater, which is big. Huge, yes. Like But we but Dumbledore explains that, you know, Snape was a Death Eater, but then he turned spy for us. So uh that's how we got off the hook. Yeah, yeah, that that would do it. To be fair. Yeah, so like he was a turncoat. So um, so while he still holds, uh, he's a little bit suspicious. He ain't no Death Eater, um, and we then find out that Barty Crouch Junior. Junior is a uh, maybe Sean Connery there. Junior. That's exactly, what I was going for. It. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were going for a trigger. No, 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 no. Junior. Uh, <laughs> junior. Barty Crouch Jr. is a Death Eater. So he gets arrested and sent off to Azkaban. And um, so, yeah, where it's just like, oh, I killed Barty to do it. But, you know, your son's a Death Eater. Uh, and so, yeah, Harry tells Dumbledore that Barty Jr. was the person he saw in his dream and at the Quidditch World Cup. And then Snape accuses him of uh, stealing Polyjuice potion materials from the store. So big, big hint there. Yeah, and throughout, you fucking, um, obviously, Mad Eye is drinking something. Yeah. And so, and you <laughs> did you ever, did you ever pick up? It was like Harry says something. It's like, I, I bet not it's not pumpkin f- juice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. I don't think it's pumpkin juice, but um. Yeah, this is the first, this is the most advanced version of Polyjuice Potion we've ever seen. Because he sounds exactly like Mad-Eye. Yeah. Whereas when Harry and Ron did in the second one, they sounded like themselves, just in a different body. I don't know, maybe it's a stronger brew. I assume he he, he knows what he's doing, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, so the final task is the maze from The Shining. <laughs> where... Which part of it was actually built for... The film, so they would have reference. Yeah. Which is insane. Nice. But, um, and obviously they're told, okay, the the maze can control you, and it does. Crumb turns evil. Yeah. But they're able to get, they're able to, uh, dispatch of him so Harry and Cedric can reach the cup together. For Hogwarts, swerve, it's a port key that (laughs) takes them to the graveyard where Tom Riddle's parents are buried. Mainly his dad. (laughs) His dad, who he doesn't like, and that's what happens. Voldemort had daddy issues. 
Yeah, which explains I mean, a lot. A lot of villains do, you know. It's fine. Yeah, we won't. We won't judge. Yeah, and a lot of heroes have daddy issues too. A lot of people have daddy issues, folks. <laughs> but we won't get into it, you know. <laughs> we, let's get rid of that stigma of daddy issues. <laughs> anyway, so um, Harry realizes it's, it's a trap as Wormtail appears and kills Cedric straight up. Yeah, it was. It was like no hesitation. Murders just... him. Just a vadicadavra, you know. No Dobby to stop. To stop this time, it wasn't as though he was right outside Dumbledore's office. I think I may hate Wormtail just as much as I hate Umbridge. Really? Yeah, he's such a prick. Oh, just because he's so like he's so cowardish. Yeah, but I I always feel like he's a bit too pathetic for me to hate him as much as Umbridge because Umbridge is like Umbridge knows what she's doing and she isn't fret she isn't scared. There's a fearlessness in her See, country. I think there, there are two different levels of the spectrum. Yeah. One is like it's going for, oh, it, I'm like, well, 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 it's okay, we're friends. But then he'll just fucking backstab he, you. He's Wormtail is a wee a wee a little Weasley, not Weasel, but like <laughs> a Weasel. Yes. He's a little rat fuck. Yeah. Umbridge is a cunt. Umbridge is a straight up cunt. Yes. That. Uh, um, uh, trailer for next week, folks. Umbridge is a cunt. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so Cedric is dead, and, um, Harry gets sort of placed up in the statue over yeah. Riddle's father's grave. Uh, like, the two bones kind of holding him in place. I thought it was a scythe, was it not? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is more of a scythe. Yeah, they take, he takes a bone from... Voldemort's dad and put in the pot. Mm. And a bone of father not given willingly, um, a mm. hand of servant giving mm. willingly. So Wormtail, Luke Skywalker's himself. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, then he cuts Harry's arm and just puts in some blood, blood of the enemy, not given willingly, <laughs> and um, then he th- then he throws creepy baby Voldemort in the pot. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Creepy baby Voldemort, underrated nightmare fuel. Yeah, definitely. And so he another and, cool transformation. Oh, the coolest transformation I think in any of these movies. The CGI still holds up. Yeah. Sixteen years on, Voldemort returns in his full form, nose not nose notwithstanding. <laughs> Ray finds is in his true form. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. But yeah, like we we Ray finds this man has no nose. Yeah. <laughs> I can touch you now. <laughs> I can touch you. Get now. up! I want to. <sighs> now we. Oh my God! He saw it was it was he, the fucking. I I love this scene he, where he's just like now first we bow and oh he is <laughs> he is so fucking he is just toying with Harry. We get all his Death Eaters coming and it's like. Crab and Goyle's dads were Death Eaters, yeah. which fully explains why fucking Malfoy's mates with them now. And then, you know, Lucius, Obviously, you did nothing. Like... And it was like, I was doing stuff. You remember that Horcrux? Yeah. Um, th- I'm the reason that Horcrux is destroyed now. <laughs> I inadvertently caused a part of your soul to be destroyed. <laughs> I did something at least. Yeah. <laughs> I love how... As the movies go along, Lucius Malfoy becomes more and more pathetic. It's amazing. 
like like a sad thing. Like he is that one time where it's like, yo, the secondary villain henchman lives and then we see the consequence of that because he becomes like we don't trust you with jack shit no yeah. more. Yeah, no, I I Cuz you, you do keep love failing. You failed twice. <laughs> you failed. You failed me miserably. Yes. But um so yeah, so we see all the death eaters. Finally we know, yeah, we we've known for a while this a uh, Malfoy was a follower of Voldemort. The fact that he was a foot soldier. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so he touches Harry, which hurts Harry and doesn't burn Voldemort. He toys with Harry. Uh, you know, you know, I show yourself. I want to see the light fade from your eyes. <laughs> like, boy, what a villain line. We are so, we're going to have so much fun in the late, yeah. in a couple of weeks with that. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Practice your Avada Kedavras, folks. <laughs> We're gonna have a kebab. It's about to get real. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we tortures him. We get the first. We get the first kind of proper one-on-one duel mm. in the entire series. Like we'd seen a dueling club in Chamber of Secrets, but this is legit. Like how it is out in the real world. Yeah. This is the streams. Yeah, you know, the, fucking amazing effect. Oh my god. The green, fucking... the green the green, versus the red, even though Star Wars logic makes me think that should be the opposite <laughs> way around, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. But, um... But, oh, the fucking, the, like, the liquid covered for it. It's mm, so cool. Oh my god, it looks well, like molten lava. fantastic. Lab. And then, obviously, um... Harry's parents and Cedric pop out of his wand. Yeah. And take my body, Harry. <laughs> take it to my father. Just uh, preparing the audience. Should have turned to the audience like, get your fucking tissues out now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he manages to escape via the port key. He gets Cedric's body before he goes because uh, he couldn't leave him. Uh, he he goes he goes back to uh the start where they where they go into the maze so like the audience sees him pop back in and everyone's cheering and everyone's oh and it's just like it takes a couple moments for everyone to realize no we shouldn't be celebrating it takes one scream from fleur and it's like oh right (laughs) that is yeah well well you well again when she screams you're kind of like oh fuck did something happen (laughs) yeah and then you'd just be like wait what's going on oh and then you'd kind of hear the ripples like, oh, he's dead. <gasps> and, you know. They killed my boy. <laughs> and then you're just like, out of my way. And then obviously Harry oh, is traumatized. You know, he's just like, you know, Voldemort's back. I couldn't leave Cedric. And um, and then Amos Diggory comes in to essentially, you know, make Wait, an entire me. generation cry. My boy, that's <laughs> my boy, my son. And every single actor who was there that day will say like, oh, "Fucking hell, that was a difficult, that was a difficult scene to hold it together yeah. for." Jesus Christ, Amos Diggory, well done, sir. You can do trauma. You can, <laughs> you can do, do it good. You <laughs> can grieve, motherfucker. But um, so a trauma. So obviously, everyone now kind of thinks, "Oh, oh my God, Cedric's dead." So obviously, no one's happy. You know, you know. And uh, but, and then, obviously, Mad-Eye takes Harry into private and begins to just sort of try calm him down. What did he look like? And he kind of starts to ask questions where he shouldn't know the, an- know the information to even ask it. Yes. The and then Harry, 
And then Harry cops it. I didn't say anything about a graveyard. And then he was just like, oh, jigs up. And then kind of reveals just like, oh, yeah, I was the one who put your name in the goblet. Do you think the witless wonder Neville Longbottom could have thought, thought that out on his own? It was like, well, in fairness, you did. Show, well, you did give him herbology as a personality in this movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, so that's why. And then it was just like, oh, yeah, because obviously you can't go and you can't have a year at Hogwarts without an evil defense against the dark arts teacher. Yeah, that's the, that's the, also tragic. that's the thing about um, Umbridge that's my makes her the best villain. She there's no sort of, oh swerve at the end. He's not good. No, from the fucking outset, she's bad. Yeah, there's no fucking around with her. You know. Mm. But um, yeah. So he so, <clears throat> Mad Eye tries to kill Harry. Dumbledore and Snape make the save, sort of hold him down, and his Polyjuice potion runs out. He turns back into Barty Crouch Junior. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> They'll welcome me back to Azkaban as a hero. Mm-hmm. Never had much time for heroes. <laughs> oh. Such and so, yeah, so he proclaims Voldemort's return. They see his dark mark, and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is this is legit. It's, it's um, serious now. Yeah. Uh, before Cedric's funeral, Dumbledore apologizes to Harry for how much danger he put him in this year. Because it's just like, yeah, letting you compete in the tournament was my... Yeah. Was on me and honestly, I didn't know the was. I didn't know the defense against the dark character teacher. I specifically handpicked was evil this time. I swear. <laughs> to be fair, technically he wasn't evil. He just wasn't actually there. Yeah, he was in a crate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, and um, then oh, the fucking Dumbledore speech. The oh, ministry will have asked me to tr- keep this quiet, but I to do so would... would be an insult to his memory. Yeah. Cedric Diggory was murdered, which is the worst thing you want to hear at a funeral. But, um, yeah, that's a somber fucking affair. Mm. And then again, another tonal shift. Once that's done, we get kind of an upbeat ending where they're just kind of like, oh, will we ever have a normal year at Hogwarts? <laughs> Dude, someone died. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make this funny. <laughs> and then obviously they they go and watch, uh, watch Durmstrang and, uh, um... Bo Batten's leave, one from the sky, one from there. Yo, know, thankfully Hagrid doesn't get run over this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh. But oh. um and so they watch and I do love how uh Durmstrang's one kind of just goes underwater. Mm. That that I always find how that Davy awesome. Davy Jones of you. <laughs> yes. I was just like, well again, they come from the sky. Also, how big how big are those uh, obviously they do the sort of Big on the inside magic, but like, how much space do those little carriages have? Like, the little fucking Cinderella carriages that Bo Batten's fly off on. Listen, we won't, we won't go into it because we'll fucking, we'll, we'll be trying to work out the geometric fucking square root of the hypotheses. Hypotheses of a whiskey drinking horse. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> those those the horse those those whist, those horses get back to France and just immediately hit the bar. Mm. Eh, my horses need a wine. The horse walks into a bar. Oh, oh <laughs> boom! Best horse walks into a bar joke ever. Eh, <laughs> I love in, single malt whiskey. In 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 <laughs> insert guy from meme going like this. Oh, oh god. Oh. 
so anyway, that's the end of the film. Let's get into post-production. Uh, release date. This came out on the 18th of November, 2005. Yeah. Yes. This had a budget of $150 million. Big boy things. Also, uh, worldwide, this was kind of the release. Most places. UK, Ireland, and US all got it November 18th. Um, opening weekend... In the US, it made $102.6 million, the first film in the series to make over $100 million opening weekend. I mean, have you seen the ending? Come on. <laughs> yeah. And also, in fairness, this would have been, at this point, films were starting to make over $100 million opening weekend. This mm. was a post-Spider-Man 2. We were about to get the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels the next two years. There had been enough solid Harry Potter films at this stage. Yeah. Uh... Internationally, it made $85.5 million. $25.5 million of that was just in the UK in opening weekend. Fucking solid. Overall gross, uh, US domestic, it made $290.4 million, uh, which is, which, you know, is, I'm, I, can't say if, I can't say if that's like as much as Prisoner of Azkaban, but once you get into the worldwide figure, it's more than Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, which is which which made mm. under eight hundred. Mm, yeah, this yeah. made over eight hundred. Um, six hundred and six point two million internationally. Uh, eighty five point nine of this was in the UK, but that is not. There was another country where it made more money than it did in the UK. Oh. In Japan, it made ninety one point four million. Japan. I mean, they did end up getting a Wizarding World theme park in their Universal Studios, so maybe that's what swayed their decision. Jesus Christ, you would... I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Again, because there's no even Japanese representation in this movie, you know? No. I'd, oh, I'd be so terrified what She Who Should Not Be Named would do if there was Asian wizards. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, um, I was about, I was about to make a, I was about to make a joke. What would it be like? And I'm like, no, that joke's a little bit. No, I won't make that joke. Yeah, I don't no, want to no. lose followers. I'll say that in private, not on air. Over a pint or somewhere. Yeah, not not when there's an Asian person anywhere near. And internationally, it made eight hundred and ninety six point six million, so just shy of nine hundred million. That's a good fucking turnout. So yeah, so again, we're getting closer to the billion dollar mark, as we've always have been. Billion dollar club. In the U.S., it spent three weeks at number one. It unseated Chicken Little. Fuck yeah! Which was <laughs> t- which had two weeks at number one. Ch- Chicken Little. Spent two weeks at number one at the U S box office. That movie is it, it. It's beyond me. I don't know how it does what it does, but it it did it. You know, it's atrocious. <laughs> but but it's fucking people watched it. <laughs> that was Disney's first ever three D animated movie. Oh sweet Jesus! What's what what became Wreck It Ralph, Tangled, Frozen, Moana, started Zootopia st- started with Chicken Little. God help us all. The two thousands were a dark, dark time for Disney animation. Dark times lie ahead. (laughs) Living off the scraps of Lilo and Stitch money. Oh, stop. Um, you know, they, you know, meet the Robinsons and Bolt incoming. (laughs) Uh, and it was unseated three weeks afterwards by 
The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. I mean, if it was going to be unseated by anything. Yeah. That would have been... That was Christmas 2005. Jesus. Christmas 2000... December of 2005 <laughs> was a sort of... Uh, uh, back and forth at the box office between Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and Peter Jackson's King Kong. Oh, Jesus. Damn. God damn. Uh, very similar, pretty much a, a similar situation in the UK as well. Three weeks to number one, and then was unseated by Chronicles of Narnia. It was the second highest grossing film of 2005 in the US and the number one global film of all time that year. Fucking hell. I have a full list here of the domestic and the global. Number one US domestic film that year, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes. That film had the high ground that year. (laughs) Revenge of the Sith has the high ground. Sweet Jesus. Uh, number two, U.S. domestic. This is all U.S. domestic. Number two, we have Goblet of Fire. We have at number three, Tom Cruise is warring the worlds in War of the Worlds. Jesus Christ! At number four, get in your wardrobe. It's the Chronicles of Narnia: The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I'm gonna kill you. At number five, somehow we have Wedding Crashers. How, okay, numbers, so. <laughs> numbers, yes, Wedding Crashers, the fifth highest grossing US movie of 2005. For fuck's sake. Um, let's just say, it is not in the global top ten. Uh, number six, don't tell Michael Jackson, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh. <laughs> oh, at, no, at number six... Another ma- Batman is beginning, not just Cedric Diggory, it's Batman Begins. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yes, Robert Pattinson wasn't the only Batman beginning in 2005, it's Batman Begins. Oh, my God, Jake. <laughs> I am channeling the spirit of that guy on, like, Sky One, who used to do the top ten. Oh. Uh... <laughs> Who uses the top ten, where it's just kind of like, in at number six is this movie. Um, And still at number one. At number eight, they like to move it, move it, it's It's Madagascar. Madagascar. (laughs) At number nine, don't tell Jennifer Anderson, it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. (laughs) And at number ten, it's Hitch. Oh. Yes. (laughs) At number one in uh, Global, at number one... Goblet of Fire has the high ground over Revenge of the Sith at number two. At number three, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe do even better. At uh, number four, we have Tom Cruise still at it again, War of the Worlds. <laughs> number five, he's having an ape of a time, it's King Kong going apeshit. At number six, they're still moving, moving it, it's Madagascar. At number six, at number seven, Jennifer Anderson's really fucking tired of hearing this. It's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> at number eight, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And for fuck's sake, how does Charlie and the Chocolate Factory outgross Batman Begins on both lists? Batman Begins at number nine. And at number ten, Hitch. <laughs> Forever. It is the fastest selling, Goblet of Fire was the fastest selling DVD of all time. I'm not I, surprised. It might still be the fastest gross, the fastest selling DVD of all time. And this was nominated for uh, Best Art Direction. It didn't win. But you know what award it did win? 
it won the Best Film at the Kids' Choice Awards, the only Harry Potter film to ever do so. Ooh. After this and before this, this was the only one. God damn. Yeah, so that's it for post-production before Dean murders me. <laughs> so, uh, final thoughts on the film? Well, what can, what can you say that hasn't already been said? I mean, yeah, like, you know? it is, I think, one of the best storylines. It's one of the, co- it's, it might be the coolest overall premise. I think maybe some of the execution may, keeps it away from being in The Prisoner of Azkaban and... Deathly Hallows Part 2 What I like this though, what I like about this is they tell you the twist at the very start of the film and throughout and mm. you still don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> it the, All of them have a mystery to them. I think, although this is one of the ones where this was, yeah, this is, still has a mystery to it. All of them have a kind of a mystery to mm. them. But, um, yeah, again, this would be kind of, this would be kind of mid-tier for me. I still like it a lot. But I think there's just other films I've always kind of enjoyed more. I used to go through a phase where I couldn't watch anything kind of cringy. So this would have been the film where I was kind of like, I'm skipping through the most because there's certain scenes where it's like, it's a bit cringy for me. But I've since gotten over that, you know. So this was the one as a kid where I was like, oh, I'm kind of covering my ears more. (laughs) Fair enough, yeah. No, I still still enjoy it more than most. No worries. So, um... Yeah, so yeah, so like like I said, at the end of the series we'll uh, we'll do a special where we we'll do a special segment where we uh do basically rank all of them. So we will get into rankings uh then. So until then, folks, thank you very much for listening. Apologies for anything weirdly sexual said during this or bring to you again the fact that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from 2005 exists. Uh, until then, folks, this is me saying goodbye, and this is Dean. Adios, people. See you next week. (laughs) See you next week when we talk about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, or as it's also known as Harry Potter versus the Raging Cunt. Yes. Bring on the bitch. (laughs) Yes. This next week, the bitch will be back. It will be Order of the Phoenix. And we're not talking Elton John. (laughs) Yes. One of the more divisive films in the series, even more so than this one. Order of the Phoenix, the shortest film in the series. Will this be the longest episode? There's always a chance, but um, until then, folks, see you next week, and thank you for listening. Goodbye, 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 goodbye.